It's really hard to change too. So you typically end up choosing a house that doesn't quite have all the things, the colors, the decorations, etc., the way that you want. So guess what we did? We chose one of those houses. We purchased the house, got the keys from the realtor, unlocked the front door, and immediately began to tear apart the house that we had just bought, right? Because in order to renew something, in order to renew a house and make you know, the new to your, yourself house the way that you want it to be, you have to first get rid of all of the old stuff. You have to take it all out, and then you have to start putting in new stuff. That's the way that renewing things works. And that really isn't just true about houses. You can think about a whole bunch of things in your life that work the same way. Like if you've ever wanted to renew your wardrobe, how do you do that? Well, you go into the closet and the first thing you have to do is get rid of all the stuff you aren't going to wear anymore and replace it with new stuff that you're going to wear from now on. If you want to renew your diet, what do you have to do? You have to first take stuff that you are eating, get rid of that and put in instead new things that you're going to start eating. Or maybe some of you um, are into cars and you, you know, new a car. I have a neighbor that does that. Well, what do you do when you get that car? The first thing you do is you take all the old stuff out and you put new parts into it. Some of you might be into gardening. You want to renew your garden. How do you do that? You have got to go out and you've got to take all the old plants out and put new plants in. But it isn't just things like that that get renewed. Maybe some of you have experienced renewal that you liked or didn't like because the company you work for got renewed, right? How, how do they renew a company? They get rid of the old people, and, you know, maybe you've been the old person that got rid of, right? And they bring in new people, and maybe you've been the new person that got brought in. Renewal always works the same way. We have a pretty good idea about it, but did you know that the Holy Spirit renews your mind, and that transforms your life? Maybe we need to back up a step. Did you know that God wants to transform your life? This is the series that we're in right now. Right? It's called Transformed. It's a book that was written by Rick Warren, and we're using that as a basis. And some of you are following along in these journals as we talk about how our lives are transformed by God. But I notice that a lot of us want us to have God transform our circumstances, Right? Just make the things around us different the way that we want them to be. And we can easily forget that what all of our circumstances have in common is us. Right? That, that wardrobe we don't like, those are the clothes that I wear. That diet that I shouldn't eat is the diet that I eat. That car I want to be different is the car I drive. The garden I want to look different is the garden I keep. The job that I want to be different is the job that I work in, that I have. I am confident that God is fully capable of changing our circumstances. But I find it interesting that he never really promises to do that. What God does promise to do is to change us, to change me to transform my life. Paul was a hater of Jesus who experienced a complete transformation of his life when he stopped hating Jesus and started following Jesus. And he describes the transformation this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. How does he do that? How does God transform your life? By renewing your mind. That's our sermon in the sentence for the day. Letting the Holy Spirit renew your mind will transform 
your life. That's exactly what this week's verse says. It's on the cover of those journals. If you've been following along and using the journal each day as we've gone through this series, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we've already agreed that renewal follows the same process. You get rid of the old and you put in something new. The same is true for renewing our minds. We need to get rid of the old thinking and put in new thinking. So let's start with something that we can probably all do. Let the Holy Spirit renew your empty thoughts with eternal thinking. Empty thoughts are not harmful or hurtful in themselves. They're they're kind of like empty calories. They're things that just have no real value. You you know that that's how nutritionists define empty calories. They're the fat and the sugar and things that are put in our food that when we eat them, they make our calorie count go up, even though they have absolutely no nutritional value at all. That's what empty calories are. That's what empty thoughts are. They don't do us any good. Now, Let's use that to kind of understand, you know, um, I like a really juicy, just barely warm all the way through steak. I'm sorry if you didn't eat breakfast. I'm about to make you hungry. Now, I like that steak. Now, some of you might be vegetarians, and so you might say to yourself, well, you really shouldn't eat that steak. And you might have all kinds of reasons about why I should eat something different, that steak. And, And you might be right about that, but I know this, that juicy steak does have nutritional value. There is protein in it that will add some nutritional value to my body when I eat it. But Friday morning, I went to one of my favorite coffee shops downtown while I was finishing up um, this message. And as I stood at the counter to order my coffee, there was a pastry cabinet to the left of the counter. And in there was an irresistible cinnamon roll. I know we're going to talk about temptation in a minute, but really irresistible cinnamon roll. And so what did I do? I I ordered it. And I'm telling you, it was irresistible. It was amazing. Now, even though I ate that, and even though I know that the reason it tasted so good is that it was full of butter and cream and sugar, because part of what made it so good, I'm really going to make you hungry if you like cinnamon rolls, is, you know, there's... um, there was so much butter in it that when they cooked it, the butter all kind of melted out the bottom with the sugar, and it had this real caramely stuff on the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, see, I told you it was irresistible. It was delicious, but it added absolutely nothing of nutritional value to my body. Your mind is like your body, in that some of what you put in is really beneficial. It makes you better or smarter or wiser, all kinds of good things. But some of what you put in has no value at all. Those are empty thoughts. And we live in a time, in a day and age, when empty thoughts are all around us. So I'm going to ask you, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to tell anybody, just be honest with yourself. What is your most, the most likely focus of your empty thoughts? Now maybe you're old school, And it's TV, right? You know, my cable box has so many channels, I can't even count them. I don't even know what half of them are. 
So there's all this stuff that you can watch on TV. Maybe you're new school and it's social media. It's Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or all kinds of things that I don't even know what they are and can't even name. And that's where your empty thoughts go. Maybe you're too cool for school and while you're watching TV, you're on social media, you know, chatting with your friends about what you're watching on TV. I don't even, I can't even understand that one. Maybe you like to play games. Um, You know, people have played games for as long as there have been people in reality, but now you don't have to be with the people that you play games with, right? You can go online and play with people who who aren't even in the same house or the same room or the city or country or whatever. You can play games with people all over the place. Maybe you like to read books. Now, some of you are saying books. Those are like Brussels sprouts. I, I will only take those if someone forces me to. But... You have them with you all the time, and there's always one or two or three that you're reading. Maybe it's the news. I mean, I remember my house as a kid, the newspaper was this thing that came in the morning that my dad would read. Now the news comes all day long, minute by minute by minute. It's constantly updated. You could constantly be checking it. I'm not asking you to share. No judgment. I have my own empty thoughts. I'm just asking, what is the most likely focus of your empty thoughts? But here's the more important question. What would happen... If you would renew your mind by replacing some of those empty thoughts with eternal thoughts. What if you set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things? I want to show you a really easy way that you can do this. Now, I know that some of you do like to read the Bible and you read it often and you are people who like to read it in paper form. And I've discovered that's not an age thing. That's more of a preference thing. My wife, for example, just doesn't like to read books unless they're in paper form. That's kind of her her preference. And she would prefer that. But um, I'm one of those people that has kind of transitioned to the digital world, as you can tell by my devices. And I know that statistics say that this thing, this cell phone, for most of you, is never more than five feet away from you. We could talk about that for a long time, but I'll just say this. There's a positive thing. There is an app that you can put on this phone. It's called Version. Just go to your app store. doesn't matter if you have Android or iPhone. Type in the word Bible. It should be the first thing that comes up. It'll be published by Version. Install it on your phone. And what I really like about it is that it gives you access to any and every verse in the Bible in all kinds of translations, even all kinds of languages. So if English isn't your native language and you want the Bible in Spanish or Chinese or I don't even know. There's like 400 languages that you can listen, that you can read. But the other thing that I really like about it is some of you are saying, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not really a person that reads much. You know, I, I don't have much time to read. How, how am I going to find time to read the Bible? Well, you don't even have to read it. When you look up a verse, you just hit the little speaker icon. The new life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Pretty amazing, isn't it? So maybe you're driving or you're running or you're riding. Whatever it is you're doing, you can be listening to the scripture and it's all right here. But here's the deal. You can't renew your mind by just adding that to your thoughts because the reality is you only have so much mental capacity and more than likely you have already filled your mental capacity to the fullest remember renewing is what it starts by getting rid of and so if you're going to add those thoughts you first got to figure out what are some of the empty thoughts that i'm going to get rid of so that i can replace them with eternal thoughts by giving my best mental energy to thinking about eternity, things that affect eternity. But let's be honest, 
some of what comes into our mind isn't empty. It's actually harmful. Remember that irresistible cinnamon roll? There's a better word for it. We call it what? Temptation. Those tempting thoughts are there all the time. Now, some temptations like cinnamon rolls can be burned off with a little bit of exercise. But most temptations are far more harmful. They get us to do things that God never intended for us to do. And we call that sin. And sin always has consequences in this life and without Jesus' hope in the life to come. But you can overcome temptation by renewing your thoughts with truthful thinking. But I want to make sure you know how temptation works. Listen to how James, who was one of Jesus' brothers, described temptation. He says, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So for the sake of clarity and at the risk of making you all even more hungry, let's go back to the cinnamon roll in the pastry box. So I can make it crystal clear for you how temptation actually works. Temptation, James says, starts with desire. This is really important. My temptation to eat that cinnamon roll did not start when I saw the cinnamon roll sitting in the pastry box. Before I ever got there, I was a person who desires cinnamon rolls. That's where my temptation started. Now, I'll be honest with you. Right next to the cinnamon rolls were some apparently good-looking fudge brownies. And next to those were some chocolate chip cookies. And now some of your mouths started watering. See, because you love chocolate. You could just skip the cinnamon roll and not really care. I'm allergic to chocolate, so my treat isn't chocolate. My treat is cinnamon rolls. And so I desire them. And when I saw them, that desire was awakened in my mind. But as soon as desire is brought to mind, the deception begins. I know without any shadow of a doubt that there is not a cinnamon roll on the planet worth eating that is not full of butter and sugar and cream and all kinds of empty calories. I know that here. But guess what? I still want to eat them. What my mind knows and what my body wants are in disagreement with each other. But that's where the deception begins, right? Because I begin to rationalize. Like, hey, I've I've eaten pretty good so far this week. And I've never had one of these cinnamon rolls before. I'll just have this one this time. And, And, you know, I am planning to go riding this afternoon. So the extra calories won't hurt. I'll just ride them off, go a few extra miles. That deception is dangerous because it's a twisting of the truth. All those things I said at some level are actually true. But I rationalize them, I twist them in my mind to convince myself that it's okay to do something that I know I shouldn't do. And when my mind believes the half-truth deception, it gives my want permission to become will And I order the cinnamon roll. What was just a tempting desire by deception becomes disobedience. What the Bible calls sin. Neither the desire nor the deception are sin. It's important for you to know that. 
Just because you want something that you know God doesn't want for you doesn't mean you have sinned. Don't fall for that deception because that's a sure path to sin because, hey, I've already done it. I might as well do it, right? Listen to how we overcome temptation. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Remember how renewal works? We get rid of the old and we replace it with something new. In this case, you overcome temptation by getting rid of your old desires and replacing them with new desires. And this is not something you do alone. It's actually something you can't do alone. This is something that the Holy Spirit does in your life. See, your desires, natural desires, come from your body, from your flesh. They come from the outside in towards your mind. But God, if you're a follower of Jesus, has given you the Holy Spirit who lives deep within you and his desires come from the inside out through your mind. When we pay attention to, when we give our focus to the Holy Spirit's desires that come from within, our own desires are renewed. And the things that were once Tempting that we once desired, we no longer desire. And we are able to overcome those tempting desires by thinking about what is true. But thinking about what is true doesn't just help us overcome temptation. I really believe that some of the most damaging thoughts we think are the hurtful lies we believe about ourselves. Now, sometimes those hurtful lies came from others. Sometimes people closest to us, maybe a parent, a spouse, a, who knows, uh, someone who's, who said things about us like, you aren't good enough, or you aren't beautiful enough, or you aren't strong enough, or you aren't smart enough. Sometimes those thoughts come from ourselves. We just think those things about ourselves. And these lies can become so powerful when we believe them that they completely debilitate us. Take a look at this image on the screen. Do you have the image? One more. No, it's not there. Oh, you're kidding me. Okay. All right. Well, it's an optical illusion. How many of you have ever seen an optical illusion? Okay. The point is this. Our mind can easily be tricked. Right? It can be fooled into thinking that what we see is one thing when in fact it's actually something else. It's just a great example for us of how easy our minds can be deceived. How easily we believe what isn't actually true. And if you struggle with negative thinking about yourself, I want you to know that you can renew hurtful thoughts with hopeful thinking. God's spirit guides our minds towards what is true. And you need to know, though, that you have a spiritual enemy, the devil, who lies to you. That's his primary tactic. His primary strategy is to get you to think about things that aren't true. Listen to how Jesus describes him. He says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I'm convinced 
the more hurtful the lie, the more likely the devil is to use it against you. That's what the devil did in Kanisha's life. Kanisha grew up in church, went off to college, met a guy that she thought really liked her, and then he raped her. And she was so embarrassed and so ashamed of what had happened that she kept it a secret. She never told a single person what had happened. And then she found out she was pregnant. She wanted to keep her secret. And she wanted to stay in school. So she got an abortion. And one hope-killing, hurtful action became two. But you know what? As bad as all of that really is, that's where the devil actually began to take hold of Kanisha's life. Because she knew where to find hope. And she knew where to find healing. The church. But she wouldn't go. Because she believed the lie that good people go to church and I'm not good anymore. So I can't go there. And she just stayed stuck in hurt, in hopelessness. And a girl that everybody had known her entire life for this amazing smile just disappeared, withdrew into a shell. She had a friend who was part of a church like Adventure, a church that constantly told people, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are. And that friend kept saying to Kenesha, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are. And one Sunday, she decided she'd take the risk. She wasn't sure if she was going to get struck with lightning on the way, if the doors were going to, and the roof was going to fall in on her when she got there, but she went. And when she got there, she heard a woman tell her story, a story very much like Kanisha's, except it didn't end in hurt and hopelessness. It ended in hope. And that woman invited other women who were there to join her in a group, a group where she had found that hope, a group full of people like Kanisha, who, uh, young women who had experienced these kinds of tragedies in her life. And Kanisha risked one more time ignoring the lie. And she showed up for the group. Now, the women in that group couldn't undo what had happened to her. They, they couldn't go back and, and erase the past. But you know what they did do? They erased the lie. Collectively, they listened to Kanisha's story. They didn't judge her. They didn't condemn her. They loved her. They told her God loved her. They told her that she was forgiven. They told her that she was beautiful. They told her that God had plans for her life that she had never even imagined and that she, she would believe those things. She would begin to see some of those things come true. And Kanisha was transformed. When I met her, hope had already come back. She had one of those smiles that you couldn't miss from across a room this big. She was an amazing and beautiful young woman again. That's transformation. That's the kind of transformation that happens by renewing our minds, when we let the Holy Spirit renew hurtful thoughts with hopeful 
thinking, but don't underestimate how difficult it is to get rid of those lies. Listen to Paul's instruction. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The lies have to be demolished. Any of you watch those you know, home shows where they come and they crash your house and they make stuff renew it? Every show starts with demo day. And what do they do on demo day? They get rid of the old stuff. And what do they get rid of the old stuff with? Hammers, crowbars, big, heavy tools. They demolish stuff. And that's what Paul is saying here, that we have to do to get rid of these thoughts. If you struggle with hurtful thoughts, as crazy as this may sound, I'm going to tell you to do something. When you go home today, whatever the hurtful lie is that you believe, I want you to write it on a piece of wood. And I want you to take that piece of wood outside on the concrete. I want you to find the biggest hammer you can find. And I want you to pound that piece of wood until there is nothing recognizable left. And then I want you to go back in the house and I want you to find a piece of paper and I want you to write on that piece of paper, God loves me. God has forgiven me. God has made me beautiful, smart, strong, wise. God has a plan for my life that if I could only imagine what it really was would give me so much hope. And I want you to take that piece of paper stick it on your mirror in the bathroom, stuff it in your purse, fold it up, put it in your wallet. And whenever you are tempted to believe the lie again, get it out and read it. Silence hurtful thoughts by thinking about what God says about you. Now, some of you are thinking, really? Can renewing my mind really transform my life? I'm still going to be stuck in the same bad marriage. Or maybe I'm still going to be stuck wishing I was married. Or I'm still going to be stuck in the same lousy job or maybe wishing I had a lousy job. But remember what all of your circumstances have in common? You. What do all my circumstances have in common? Me. Letting the Holy Spirit renew your mind will transform your life because your thoughts control your life. When was the last time you did something without thinking about it first? Now, I actually do know the answer. You were under the influence. But what were you thinking about before you got under the influence, right? You don't do anything without thinking about it first. Which drives home the second point. Your mind is where the battle of sin is won or lost. Sinful actions come after our mind has been deceived into thinking what is wrong is right. And it's only by renewing our mind that we'll be able to pursue what God actually wants for us. And best of all, your thinking is how the Spirit gives you life and peace. Listen to this verse. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Who doesn't want life and peace? So I want to challenge you this morning. To make this real in your own life. Let's not just talk about renewing our minds. Let's actually do it. What renewed thinking would transform you the most? A little lesson from our not yet fully renewed house. When you try to change everything at once, the general outcome is nothing changes at all. You're welcome to come 
to our house anytime. Come visit. We'd love to have you. But when you walk in the door, I can promise you that every single room in our house still has something in it that is not yet fully renewed. That's what happens when you try to change everything at once. So learn from our house, or maybe learn from the leaky bucket, how to renew your life. If I've got a bucket, do we have the bucket? Please, do we have the bucket? Yeah, if I've got a bucket like that, and that represents my life, and it's leaking, and I want to plug those holes so it stops leaking, which hole do I want to plug first? That's kind of common sense, right? I could run and scurry all around, plug all the holes at the top of the bucket that are leaking, but is it going to hold any more water? Nope, because all that water is still going to run out where? The lowest hole. So which thing's going to have the most impact on my life? Which, which, plugging which hole is going to help it hold more water, right? There's one thing in your life that will have the greatest impact if you will focus on renewing that one thing. Maybe it's empty thoughts. Maybe you really need to give your best mental energy to thinking about things that affect eternity. Do that. Maybe it's tempting thoughts. Maybe there's a temptation that keeps getting you. Overcome those desires by thinking about what is true. Maybe it's hurtful thoughts. Silence them by thinking about what God says about you. I want to pray for you this morning. But before I do, I want to challenge you again. Which thought, if renewed, will most transform your life? Think about that. And I want to pray that God, by his Holy Spirit, will accomplish that in your life. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that you do want to transform our lives. That you have promised to make us into completely new and different people. We want that. We want the life and peace that you have promised in your word. God, I want to ask this morning for those who are here, for those who have said to themselves, you know what, if I would renew this in my mind, my life would change. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would accomplish that. Lord, I pray for those who are giving their energy to empty thoughts that you will, by your Spirit, give them the strength to fill their minds with things that shape eternity. But I pray for those who are struggling with temptation. God, that by your Spirit, you will renew their thoughts, their desires, so that the things that they are struggling with, the temptations they're facing, will be replaced with new desires that they can chase after with all their energy because they come from you. And God, I pray for those who are struggling with hurtful thoughts. Lord, I pray that you would help them see the lie, see the untruth, and begin to believe your truth about who they really are and about what they can really do, that they can experience your hope, the hope that Jesus came to give us all. We pray in his name. Amen.